right, brothers, welcome back to another episode of Porn of the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and I'm glad to be here with you. It's actually July 4th when I'm recording this. So for those of you who are listening here in the States, this is our Independence Day, and praise God for this. Uh, praise God that we have the freedom to worship. We have the freedom to um, record podcasts. We have the freedom to talk openly about Christ, even though, even though in this day and time, it seems like it's harder and harder to do that, I guess, um, with, with all kinds of um, division in this country, with all kinds of hatred. But this is the way it's always been for people who speak truth, right? So if you, if you are someone who desires to know the truth and speak the truth, I don't expect um, that there should be an easy path, right? An easy way. It's not going to be a cakewalk in, uh, in this life. But listen, I'm glad that we have the opportunity to talk. And so what I want to do today is I want to look at Psalm 20 and Psalm 21. And I, what I want to do also is I want to give us, point us to hope and point us to victory, and point us to independence. Like, you need to declare your independence from porn. So I want to, I want to point you towards Christ in the Psalms, and the hope that we have in God for freedom from pornography, because brother, you, you can be free 100%. Do not let the lies of the enemy tell you that you cannot as difficult as, as it seems. You may have been trapped for decades, or maybe you're trapped for a year or five years or 10 years. Whatever the case is, there's freedom from pornography. I can promise you that. That's number one. And then number two, I want to give you a warning, right? So I want to point you to hope, and then I want to warn you. And this all comes from the Word of God. So let's, let's read. This is Psalm 20. This is a Psalm of David. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. So first question I want to ask right here is, brother in Christ, are you calling out and crying out to God for help and protection? Like we have an enemy and he does not rest. So I think one of the biggest struggles, especially for men in the United States, is we think our, of ourselves as so independent, right? <laughs> we fought for our independence. And so we think we're self-sufficient and independent. But we needed rescuing for our salvation. And I will tell you this, we need rescuing for our sanctification. Like. When I came to faith in Christ at 29, there were sins in my life that literally melted away and went away, never to be struggled with again. And then there are other sins that persist. And they're there to teach us dependence on God, to humble us and to have us call out, continue to call out. So this is what we see in the Psalm. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of God, may the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give support from Zion, 
May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation. And in the name of our God, set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Like, brother, where does our help come from? We know where it comes from. Then why don't we act like it? Why don't we pray like it? Why don't we live like it? Instead of living as if we're self-sufficient. Oh, no, 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 no. I can't share that with this person. What will they think of me? They'll think I'm too weak. Did, did David, did King David go and fight by himself? Absolutely not. He needed men by his side. We even read about the mighty men of David. They're named. I love what Spurgeon says here. He says, people of the world seek help out of the armory or the treasury, but we turn to the sanctuary. Right? He says, "May verse 2 says, may he send you help from the sanctuary. So, this psalm presumes that the man of God is, number one, calling out to God for help and protection. Number two, offering sacrifices to God. And what are the offerings that we give today? They're, they're our worship and they're our body. Like our body, my body is the temple and this body must be sacrificed to God. I lay it down at the altar and say, God, my body is your, God, is your body. You move in me and work in me to do what you will. And so the fruit of the spirit, like the spirit is in his temple, is in my body, and the spirit is moving to bear fruit in my temple as I submit to him. And so one, a part of that fruit, I don't think they're just like all separate fruit. It's one fruit of the spirit. Part of that is self-control right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So the man of God is calling and crying out to God. He's offering his body as a sacrifice. And then three, he's planning and praying to undertake great and glorious things for God. It's hard to do that when you're trapped in pornography, don't you think? I do. It's, it's hard to plan and attempt and trust in God for great and glorious things in our lives when we're struggling week after week, month after month, year after year with pornography. Recently, I had a, a friend who asked me to, um, or asked a group of us, my accountability group to, to pray for his dad. He had been having chest pains for, for two or three weeks and hadn't told anybody. This is a, this is a man who's already had a, um, like surgery, like bypass surgery, already had a heart attack, like 10 years, 20 years before. And my buddy said, listen, my dad, he's 50 pounds overweight. He's having chest pain. So he's going in for a procedure. Would y'all pray? And we're like, yeah. So I saw this friend of mine at the gym, um, like two days later. And I asked him, I said, Hey, how's your dad? And he said, man, you're not going to believe this. They went in there and his artery, one of his arteries, which they call the widow maker, it's called the widow maker because that's the one, I guess that, um, 
that can kill a man when it's clogged up. He said it was 95% clogged. Like the blood flow was so small. Like it was as if it was a hair. He said they, they said the doctor had said you could take a hair and that's the, that is the, how, how big the, the opening was for blood flow to get through. And you wonder why people have heart attacks. And he said that Joker had been having chest pains and didn't say anything. And I immediately thought, isn't that what we do? Like the flow of the spirit in our life, the, the lifeline, like the spirit working in us and flowing through us and speaking to us, like when we're struggling with pornography and not telling anybody, not saying anything to anybody, it's like our artery, like to our heart is clogged 95%. We're like, we're barely alive, barely alive. I know that's the way that I felt. And you have this shame and this guilt and you think God doesn't want to use me or for anything. He's angry at me. He's mad at me, but that's, that's not true. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what this looks like in just a little bit. I promise you. So I love these, these two verses here, verses four and five. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation in the name of our God, set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Like when a man seeks hard after God, he will find God to be his truest treasure and greatest delight. This is what I believe. Like this doesn't mean that we're not going to have trouble in life or we're not going to struggle in certain ways, but it does mean that the man of God will not be shaken and that he will begin to see spiritually how his life should count for God. Then his heart's desires are aligned with God's heart and desires, like God's desires for our life. And this person's plans are actually God's plans, right? So David says here, may he fulfill your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. He's only saying this because he's speaking of the man who's fully surrendered to God's will and not a man who is using God for earthly gain, right? So the question I had to ask myself is, am I surrendered? That's the question. Am I fully surrendered to the will of God so that, number one, I have a heart full of holy ambition and desire, and number two, I am planning great things for God's glory. And, and great things, like what does that even mean? <laughs> like I, To me, as I think about that, like, it's up to God what great things are. It's not up to me. Like if I, in my flesh, were thinking, oh, what are great things? Then it would be things that would make me seem important. But if our aim is to make Christ our all-satisfying joy and exalt his name, then, then we can leave that up to God, Like right? So whether it be a ministry you start, whether it be, um, man, I don't, I mean, it could be anything 
a podcast, a Bible study, whatever the case is, let God determine what is great. But you, but you, man of God, need holy ambition. God did not create us just to be saved and get to heaven. We're on a journey. This is a pilgrimage. He's filled you with his spirit for great things, great work, which he has prepared in advance for us to do, according to Ephesians 2.10. So, verse 5, like, verse 4 was your heart's desire and your plans, and then verse 5, you just starts praising. May we shout for joy over your salvation in the name of our God. Set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Like, David's already praising God. He's shouting for joy and raising banners. He knows that we're going to be victorious. And just in my journal, I just wrote, Lord, fill me with joy. Fill me with the knowledge that I'm already victorious in you. Like I'm already victorious in you. So brother, how are we thinking about God's victory in our life? Like the cross, the blood of Christ has given us independence, not from him, but from a life of sin. From a life of sin. Like it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, isn't it? And so he keeps going. Verse six, he says, now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. Oh Lord, save the King. May he answer us when we call. Like I can say with David, now I know the Lord saves. I have been saved. I have been saved. And you have been saved if you're a brother in Christ. Like I've been saved from a day of destruction. Now my sanctification is in his hands and he continues to save me out of my sin and the power of sin in my life. All right, so it's this like once and for all salvation, but the sanctification is something that he's continuing to do. Like I know the Lord saves, so I can look at my struggle with sin and I can say the Lord is continuing to save me. His power will be displayed as he delivers me from the power, not only of my big sins, quote unquote, big sins, like pornography and masturbation and all these things, but also what Jerry Bridges would call respectable sins. So I started reading a book, Respectable Sins, which, man, it's very, very good, very convicting. It's easier for me to look and point and say, man, God, thank you for saving me from pornography and masturbation, and this is great, but the Spirit is going to continue to work and reveal sin in my life, so where is my trust? This is the question I have to ask myself. Where is my trust? Brother in Christ, where is your trust? Is it in the government or is it in your job or is it in your family? Is it in your own strength? 
Like he alone must be my only hope and shield. I will arise. So do you see this, what it says? It says they collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. I only rise and stand upright because he lifts me up. So before I can trust in the name of the Lord, my God, I must know the character of the one who owns that name. And so this is, this is something I think is really, really important for brothers in Christ who are struggling with pornography. One of the reasons we don't find freedom, one of the reasons we don't find freedom from pornography is because we don't know the character of God well enough. Like we don't know him. We don't know him. And, and you may say, well, yeah, Spencer, I do know him because I've been saved from my sins. I trusted in him, whether it be at a young age or later in life, it doesn't really even matter. But I know him like he saved me from my sins. I get that. I 100% understand that. And I agree with you, brother. However, we must continue growing in our knowing of God. This is the path of sanctification. Right? So it's this growing awareness of God's holiness and a growing awareness of our sinfulness. This is about the respectable sins I was just mentioning earlier. It's like the more I know God, the more I worship him, the more I study his word and pray, the more he opens up my life to me. I start seeing like from a completely different perspective the sins that I still struggle with. So I I can't have any pride before him because I like, even though I'm free from porn and masturbation, but Lord, there's still so much more you want to cleanse me from. And that's a beautiful thing. Like I don't get discouraged about that. I don't, I don't feel shame about that. I, I feel this incredible joy and peace knowing that he's not going to stop sanctifying me. And so what is my part? I go to war with him. I go to war with him. He trains my arm for war. Like he prepares me for battle. And Christ has already won the ultimate victory. So I have complete confidence in him that he will continue this war for my sanctification. Like, let me show you what this looks like. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, and 5 says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, and that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, like do not know God, period, the end. So you, brother, do know God, but if you, if you're, if you're still acting in sexual immorality, if you're still, if you still struggle with sexual immorality and are having trouble controlling your own body and holiness and honor, then you are more like the Gentiles who do not know God. And it's better to tell the truth about that. And like, just to understand that than to pretend that you know everything you need to know about God, because it's not true. It's not true in my life. It's not true in your life. So I remember, a, I want to say as a sermon from John Piper, he says, 
knowing God is the path to sexual purity. And I believe that is to, I believe that to be true, but it's not, it's not a Sunday school type of knowing a God. It's not a, uh, it's not just this passive knowing about God. I go to church and I hear, I hear, hear the pastor preach and I go home and I live the rest of my life. It's like a daily, daily, daily. I will go to war with myself. I don't want to get up early. I'm going to go to war with myself. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to open my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to study the word because I must know this God, because guess what, brother? There is no end to the depth of knowing who God is. There's no end to it. We will only fully know when we see him face to face. So if I don't know God, if I don't know him, know him, then I'm not going to probably trust him. And if I don't trust God fully, then I'm probably not going to seek him and pray to him and call out to him. I will not confess him as my only hope to conquer sin in my life. I will treat, try to keep doing it myself. So how many times have you tried and tried and failed and failed? This is proof that you're trying in your own strength and power. This was my problem. So how do I grow in my knowing of God? Well, I commit to opening his word and approaching it with humility, studying it, meditating it on it, then calling out to him for eyes to be open. Listen, if his own disciples couldn't see clearly, then who am I? Like I need spiritual insight. I need spiritual like eyes open. And so the question is, are you begging God for that? Are you asking? Are you seeking? Are you knocking? This, this father is a good father. Like our father is a good father. And based on the sacrifice of Christ, he sees us as his sons and he's close to us and he desires to help us and he desires to free us. He desires for us to have a day of independence from pornography and masturbation. I don't know what day my liberation came, but it was in the fall of 2018. I do know that. I do know that was the last time that I ever looked. I don't know why, but I just remember that was the time. And for a moment, for a few months, I was worried, like, is this going to last? I don't ever think about that anymore. Not because, not because I'm better or more holy or more spiritual than anybody else. It's just because I, I'm dead to that sin. That sin no longer has power in my life. And now <laughs> the blood of Christ and the spirit of Christ is moving on to reveal more and more things in my life that I have to deal with. I praise God for that. Like, man, I praise God for this. It's, it's incredible. So that was Psalm 20. As we move to Psalm 21, it's, it's like a continuation of Psalm 20 is what I've heard uh, from a commentary. And so he just goes on and he talks about 
like he's it's a psalm of praise for deliverance. Oh Lord, in your strength the king rejoices, and in your salvation, how greatly he exalts. You have given him his heart's desires and not withheld the request of his lips. For you meet him with rich blessing. You set a crown of fine gold upon his head. He asked life of you. You gave it to him. Length of days forever and ever. His glory is great through your salvation. Splendor and majesty you bestow on him. For you make him most blessed forever. You make him glad with the joy of your presence for the king trust in the Lord and through the steadfast love of the most high, he shall not be moved. I mean, this is just all pointing back to God, like God, it's you, you, you given his heart's desire. You met him with rich, rich blessing. You gave it to him, your salvation, you bestow on him. You make, you make your presence. Like, man, this is all like the king, the most powerful man in the world at that time is pointing back to God and saying everything that, that I have accomplished is because of you. Like the king's strength and his salvation both come from God. His prayers were answered, rule and reign forever and ever. Now, when we read this, we think of Jesus right? And Jesus also trusted completely in God and called out to God and received victory from God. And so what the king does here, what King David does is he takes inventory of his victory in life and gives praise back to God. And so what is the result? The result is you make him glad with the joy of your presence. It's joy. And isn't that, brother, what we're after? Like, don't you want, like, what the desire that God's put in our hearts, deep in our hearts, it's a desire for joy and pleasure and peace and significance. Like, we are pleasure seekers. We are hunting down pleasures. And what God is telling us in his word is you will find it here. I promise you'll find it here. You will find only like counterfeit joy, other places. Like where Christ found joy, where David found joy, we will as well. And it was in God's presence. All right, so that was my encouragement to you, brother. It's like call out to God, cry out to God, look to God. He's already your salvation. He will be your sanctification. If you stop lying and stop hiding, like he knows it all already, drag this struggle of yours out into the light. And I don't know what that looks like specifically for you. Like you may have a brother in Christ that you know you need to, like the Spirit's already told you, you need to confess to this person and you haven't done that already. I want to encourage you to do it. Just don't live in fear. Don't let fear rule your life. Don't let fear rule your life. Give that fear to God and confess your sin to your brother. I've had brothers 
reach out to me, which is fine. Like, I think that's great. You too can reach out to me if you want to. If you need somebody to talk to and you don't think you can talk to anybody else, then do it. Let's look at verse 8 through 12 of Psalm 21 as our warning. It's time to get uh, really sober here, guys. So I'll read verse 8. Your hand, talking, this is David talking to God, your hand will find out all your enemies. Your right hand will find out those who hate you. You will make them as a blazing oven when you appear. The Lord will swallow them up in his wrath and fire will consume them. You will destroy their descendants from the earth and their offspring from among the children of man. Though they plan evil against you, though they devise mischief, they will not succeed, for you will put them to flight. You will aim at their faces with your bows. Like, brothers, there's nowhere to hide. Like, men scheme and plot and, de and devise plans against God's anointed, but they amount to nothing. No amount of hiding or hyping will come to anything like instead there's going to be fire is what it says a blazing oven on this day of wrath like this is a particularly violent description here that that i'm reading from from david but what will truly be experienced by the enemies of god is going to be far worse like here, this is a, the descriptions are blazing oven, wrath, swallowed, consumed, destroy them and their offspring. Nothing that they do will succeed. They will run, they will flee, but his arrows will be shot and hit their face. So whose side am I on? Well, I praise God through Jesus Christ. Like, this wrath would be for me, but this wrath was poured out on Christ on the cross on my behalf, on your behalf. But this is the warning. Like, this is coming for God's enemies. Now, again, by God's grace, like, we're saved from this wrath. However, this is going to be the result of those who are his enemies. So who, who are they? Well, I just thought about this for a while, and I was journaling, and I was writing, and I was thinking, and I was like, and who, who are the enemies of God if not, if not, the producers of pornography that prey on young women who are wounded in their souls. Who will God hunt down for the oven of his wrath if not those men who traffic girls for profit and coerce them into their films? 
the young girls who they force to get abortions so that they can continue filming their movies. Their life's work will be a failure and their names forgotten and their children will be no more. Like this hit me pretty hard as I was thinking about the years and the decades that I spent supporting these enemies of God. And so in my journal, I wrote, what about the men of God? Should we support the work of God's enemies destined for eternal destruction? Will we too face his wrath? No. Christ absorbed the full wrath of God for our pornography on the cross. So what is our response for his overflowing grace and mercy? And I just thought, like, the men of God who are supporting pornography are supporting abortion. Like we can, we can rail and cry out all we want about abortion. But if we close our doors and pull up porn online and masturbate, then what are we doing except donating our time and money to the enemies of God? Instead of donating our time and money to the advancement of the gospel and our minds to the advancement of the gospel and our souls to the advancement of the gospel, we support producers of porn. And yet, Christ forgives us every single time. Like his, he has steadfast love for us through Jesus Christ. Like if that doesn't humble us, then we don't know God. I wrote this down. How blind was I to raise money for the poor while also giving money to support the trafficker who forces his quote unquote models to get abortions so they can keep shooting films and uploading them to Pornhub. Jesus, you took my punishment for that decades long support. So I wrote down, I wanted God to know your enemies, God, have been my dealers, giving me my fix of porn when my stories justified that it was good and an acceptable idea. How many hours did I support with my lust? Only you know, God, and yet you let me live. You showed me grace and mercy when, according to this psalm, my face should have been target practice for your arrows. I was hiding, but no one can hide from you, God. Like your enemies, God, have been my secret friends. I talk at church. I taught at church. I prayed at dinner with my family. I raised money for the poor. I traveled to the ends of the earth, providing clean water for people and sharing the gospel with people. 
But these dealers, these pro-abortionists were my secret friends. Like, brothers, they've perfected this craft. (laughs) They have been endowed by the great deceiver on how to deceive you. I read some articles this past weekend. I pulled up some different things just to read about the connection between pornography and abortion. As this Roe v. Wade uh, ruling came down from, from the Supreme Court, which, man, rejoice, praise God for this. Praise God, right? But then I was just making the connection about how much porn, how much porn is out there that is actually um, not consensual, (laughs) like not like these women tricked and fooled many drugged, many forced, like trapped into this lifestyle with no way out. We tend to think that everything is all, this is, they've wanted to do this. It's, it's not harming anyone, but it's really just funding funding. Oh, I don't pay any money for it. Your views are funding advertising dollars. My views were funding advertising dollars. And they coerce and force. If you read all the statistics of how many women got abortions were who were coerced or forced, it's mind boggling. Like these producers of porn are laughing and mocking all the way to the bank. They use young women like my daughter. They drug young girls like Mary Ryan and have them raped on screen. They don't care what God's word says when it promises an oven of eternal destruction because they're more interested in the here and now, as I was as well. I was more interested in masturbation than the eternal rewards that God promises to those who seek and love righteousness. (laughs) Oh, brother. Man, I pray, I pray, I pray. Let me pray for us right now. God, I pray that you would open the eyes and the hearts and the minds of brothers who are listening to this podcast. Lord, I pray that you would fill them with a holy ambition to do your will, to serve you, to call out to you, to delight in you, to seek you, to find you, God. I pray that men would get out of their habits. Like I I remember just thinking, well, I don't know why I can't get free from this, but God give them the wisdom and then the self-control to change their habits, the environment. Lord, give them courage to overcome fear that Confessing this to another brother or a pastor uh, would would end horribly for them. God, just remove that fear from them. Give them courage through your spirit. 
God, I pray for the producers of porn. I, I want to pray for them. I pray, God, that that they would not meet eternal destruction, God, that, that they would turn from sin, that you would raise up men of Christ, men who are born again from within the industry, as I know you have. I know, I know that people have found Christ and found redemption and found forgiveness, those who used to prey on women. I pray that you would do so more and more and more that, God, you would open the eyes and the hearts to see just this the wrath of God coming, but yet the grace of God in Christ. All right, brothers. Happy Independence Day. I pray that you find independence, that you find true freedom. I would rather live in North Korea with zero freedoms yet find freedom in Christ and live in America without freedom in Christ. Like, understand, your independence is truly bought through the blood of Christ so that there are men and women in North Korea who are more free than people living in the U.S. making hundreds of millions of dollars. Lord, I praise God that you still seek and save today. Like, it doesn't matter where we live. There are no countries. Like, I know there are people who listen to this podcast who are in other countries, not of the United States. I praise God. Praise God that he is freeing people and will continue to do so until all nations, all tongues, like, this gospel will be known throughout the entire earth. So I praise God. Lord, I, I pray, and, and brothers, I pray that you would, like that God would move you to like share the gospel and give you holy ambition to like help men find freedom from pornography, find freedom in Christ. I just pray, Lord, Lord, just move in their hearts. All right, brothers. That's it. I'm done praying. Okay. All right, guys, I'll be back with another episode of Porn and the Gospel in the next week or so.